0: Well, hello everybody. I'm Del Shores.
1: And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show.
0: Straight talk. Real gay. I was Woo! aggressively gay. How are you? It's... I'm just fine, Dell Shores. How are you? Oh, I'm just lovely. I got out in the world today. Del's oh, look at that. There you... you go. I went to Cafe Figaro. Um, Debbie Holiday and her boyfriend Forrest dropped by. They picked me up in my their Explorer chariot, and uh, we went and had we had uh, lunch inside. Oh it was crazy. And we're all vaccinated and it just it just felt like a different world. It was great. Oh um, chariots of fire, yeah. <laughs> I had a hamburger with some bacon. Okay, that part's not
1: interesting. The other one.
0: You know what's interesting about it is Debbie is a vegan, and I was like, should I order this? Is it wrong? And She didn't seem to mind. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's not like walking out to the farm and eating bacon in front of the pigs. You know, it's not the same. (laughs) I know, but, you know, some vegans. Yes. She's not one of those. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. She's not.
1: How is everybody else? We hope your Friday is rolling along real good. What we're supposed to do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. We got a packed show. That Gay Bachelor, Buttigieg, Ivanka, and Vaxing, a Call Me By Your Name Christian parody, anti-trans bills in Texas, The Reap Lawsuit, Church Ushers Packing, Parliament Revenge Porn, Queer as Folk Reboot, Joe and the Shit Boys, and a Baby with Three Penises.
0: Lord! Lots it's to like a It's like circus freak day on the Della Niverson show. And uh, and I know a lot of you people, you thought you you can't wait for that church ushers packing because you don't know which packing it is. I'm packing.
1: That's right. Uh, You just have to stick around, tortured through this entire hour, waiting to find out when we'll reveal it. Um.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, how are you, Emerson? I you, you know I'm so selfish. You asked me how I am and I didn't even return. how
1: are you? You know, that's just fine. I'm fine enough. I'm doing fair to Midland. Midland, I'm more than Midland.
0: As you are, you got your second vaccine too. I did, but
1: I'm going to talk about it at the vaccine story. Okay. All right. right.
0: I'm already jumping the gun.
1: Oh. Lord, um, but wait, let's talk about some real stuff for a minute because uh, not that our lives aren't, but you know, mine is not. Interesting. <laughs> let's be honest y'all. <laughs> I was on some other I was on a clubhouse earlier and people talking about going on walks and I was like, well, I switched from my sweatpants to my jeans. That's, That's what I've right. done. I, I'm just excited that I'm wearing underwear today. Oh well, you know, I bet some people are disappointed to hear that. So. <laughs> well, I was in public. They're like, well, I know that's that,
0: uh huh. I'm not, I'm confused. I
1: <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> what do you think gray
0: sweatpants were invented for? That's right. There's nothing more fun than seeing a little bit of a, a penis outline and some gray sweats.
1: I am just grateful. You know, whoever once upon a time decided that Heather gray should be the most common color of sweatpants, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly.
0: All right, now we've really already digressed. It just no.
1: doesn't show up the same in like a mint green or a fuchsia. No. You know,
0: something about gray
1: just, just helps. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, in the real story, in the real news and some of the real issues we've been talking about for a while, the anti-Asian American hate. In Congress this week, uh, they just voted to start the process of debating a bill to address hate crimes against Asian Americans. Just to start the debate not even the vote on the bill, and six senators voted against even starting the debate, and you will be shocked to hear that it was good old Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, Josh Hall, uh, Josh Hawley, Marshall out of Kansas, Rand Paul, and Tommy Tuberville. Just a rogues gallery of bullshit bigots. But uh, the, the mind-numbingness of saying, we don't even want to debate the possibility. Not what do we do about it, not how do we dress it, Just the concept of even being worth the time of our federal government and what that
0: says to Asian-Americans across the country. Yeah, it's It's like we we would much rather just, you know, take off our mask and cause a little stink, uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. And what I found interesting about this when it started trending on Twitter yesterday is that I thought, well, you know, except for Holly, they're all Southern. And, uh, it, 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 and in a way, you know, Missouri is considered I mean, lots
1: of people in Missouri
0: consider it. Yeah, exactly. they do. Well, they were, I mean, half of Missouri, I did a little, I just dig digging a little historically half of them were part of the Confederacy. So yeah. it, it's just, it just doesn't look good motherfuckers. It just doesn't. I mean, it's just why? What is that? It's it's like today, you know, two people voted against on the House. They voted against the, you know, just to, to, to it, it, it's crazy. You're talking about Lauren Boebert Marjorie Taylor? Yes. I mean, against, I mean, let's not let's not match people so that they can get, not have cancer. There's you know? bone
1: marrow transplants that are QAnon queens decided we don't want to do that.
0: Like. like Why? What the fuck is that about? I mean, you know what I think it's about, Emerson? I think it's about we got to trend. I think it's about we got some attention.
1: I think it's that they're so stupid. They thought it was like stem cells and they thought they were voting about abortion. They didn't understand that bone marrow is not the same. I
0: really do think it's that they're that dumb. It's like, you know, if there's a chandelier... A big chandelier with over 200 bulbs in it. There are lots of them flickering and two are out. <laughs> two that have exploded, just it's dim, out. just
1: dark. That is one of my favorite sayings, not with, not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, also because it sounds a little gay. Yeah. Um, also, but the, and they don't have time to, to debate dealing with hate against Asian Americans, but Ted Cruz sure has time to worry about corporations getting involved in social issues. I love the new this idea from new modern bigot conservatives that it's people on the left that invented the concept of companies weighing in on social issues as if it isn't the left reacting to the fact that the moral majority did that for decades protests and tv shows talking about gay people i mean the amount of weight that social conservatives wielded through businesses just makes it uh Mind-numbingly ironic that they're now upset at Major League Baseball and people for doing the same thing. Yeah, it's
0: they <laughs> cancel culture. They invented the fucking cancel culture
1: in every way. Like
0: y'all started this. Oh my god! It's so early in the sh- in the in the show to get on these soapboxes, but I oh. just can't help it. Del Shores, when have you ever stepped off? <laughs> just to sleep. I don't know. Even then, you're just curled up on that soapbox waiting for the morning shift. Oh, it's it's amazing that sometimes I dream of politics and I
1: believe <laughs> that. j I'm I would imagine you're dreaming of preaching sermons and waking up. Oh, that's good.
0: I should put that down <laughs> on Sunday. What what do I have against her? I got her in my dream. I went after her. Why did I go after Miss Pelosi tonight? <laughs> like what like what,
1: what was on your heart? I'm like, oh, I woke up ready for a rambling.
0: I, I Something just what yeah, to I'm like, you know, it's like my chihuahuas. What when I walk, I mean, they're just looking, just looking for a fight. <laughs> yes, absolutely, they are.
1: Um, and then, in, but in sticking with our other, you know, serious uh, subjects of continuing the focus on being anti-racist in those conversations, and of course, I know you have been watching. But the Derek Chauvin trial, the stuff with Dante Wright, and then the new recent news and the body cam footage of Adam Toledo. You have watched the Derek Chauvin trial extensively,
0: haven't you? I have, I've not heard very much of it. I have been quite consumed with it. And you know, my daughter Caroline is also consumed with it. So it's our dialogue on a daily basis. Um, I haven't
1: watched a lot of the testimony. I've been reading the headlines at the end of the night, but a very interesting thing happened yesterday with one of our regular targets here on the show. If y'all haven't seen it, there is a clip of Pappy Pat Robertson on the 700 Club, talking with another guest about the taser versus gun and Kim Potter with Jonte Wright and the issue of her saying she meant to grab the taser but grab the gun and all of that. And Pat Robertson said, as a reminder, I'm pro-police, but if they don't stop this onslaught, they cannot do this. Derek Chauvin, they got to put him under the jail. He has caused so much trouble by kneeling on the death of George Floyd. It's just terrible what's happening. And if you have lost Pappy Pat Robertson in these conference, I mean, it, it was shocking to me. It so, was. Yeah, I mean, it of course makes sense to all the rest of us who are watching this and this and hoping this trial goes a certain way. But to speak to the larger issue, you know, even beyond George Floyd to the systemic issues of what this relates to, it was shocking to see even Pappy Pat say Derek Shelvin shouldn't have done this and was wrong.
0: I know. I. <laughs> I honestly I thought he's having a stroke. He is fucking having a stroke right now. <laughs> or he is, he is, he just had a vision that he's about to meet his maker, and God said, uh-uh, Pappy Pat, you are not getting through these gates. These pearly gates are not gonna happen unless you do something right. Because yeah. I've been going after him for fucking years. I just it doesn't redeem. He doesn't have my redemption at all. But yes, he he did get woke for half a second.
1: Yeah. But it's been interesting, as Zanna says here, it's been amazing how good the Minnesota prosecution has been. Even when they messed up by not introducing his carbon monoxide level, which was normal, they found a way to let the jury know it was normal. It does seem, because of those clips, the, the prosecution uh, attorneys have been really excellent uh, in how they've handled the wide array of the witnesses. And of course, the result here is important, but the bigger issue is still Uh, how the police deal with this. And I have been doing personally a lot of research into the abolish the police movement. You know, we've seen a lot of the the defund the police um, and really understanding the epic changes we have to make in policing that the history of this institution uh, requires massive fundamental change. Otherwise we're gonna continue to play whack-a-mole Trying to deal with these instances after the fact, instead of addressing Black people's concerns and community concerns and uh, low-income neighborhood policing concerns in advance, so that these uh, instances, we're not dealing with the results; that we're stopping the causes. So, yeah,
0: it's. Uh Oh, that, that that has been uh, I, I tell you I think I think people will study their the the prosecution with many many in many many years to come because I think they did such an amazing job um, yeah. so uh you know Blackwell what was is it blackwell is he the one who uh, the the the, the 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 crazy British guy with the big ears who just came in for the defense and they just destroyed him destroyed his integrity which was it was just it was just such a in a chipping away of it they so masterfully um yep. um anyway Jerry Blackwell i believe is his yes name. so we will continue to see. That's, That's why I'm going for the next few weeks. By the way, Emerson, anytime that I go up on a name or anything, I'm just going to blame the anesthesia because they say. And so I don't know how long I have to do that. Six months. Six. So I'm going to go for six months then. Six so.
1: months. Yeah, you can use that. I was under anesthesia. Anesthesia for six months, I think. Roger. A B A-B. anesthesia, Brian. A B. Got A B. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, Michelle just asked about it, and it is the other big. One of the other giant stories of this week from *Bath* the bachelor now i want to ask from our live viewers who is a big fan of the bachelor i made the decision years and years and years ago not to enter the bachelor nation it's just too much too many nuts too much commitment for me to be engaged in you know i got my housewives and my bravo world but the cliff notes backstory colton underwood former pro football player was a star of, he was a contestant on The Bachelorette, then he was on Bachelor in Paradise, the spinoff show, and then ultimately he became The Bachelor. He was advertised, I did see this everywhere, as the Virgin Bachelor. And this week he came out uh, in an interview with Robin Roberts. In that interview, there's a lot of pieces of this story, I and mean, it because it has an impact on how people reacted to various things in the interview. He talked about how he had suicidal thoughts. He grew up Catholic, very religious. Um, He was asked about the impact of him coming out on the women on the show. He said he wished he hadn't dragged other people into the mess of figuring out who he was. He apologized to Cassie, which is who he chose on his season of The Bachelor, said he was actually in love with her, which made it harder. And a quote I liked I wish I would have been courageous enough to fix myself before I broke anyone else. He said, he remembered praying to God when he got The Bachelor, thank you for making me straight. That's how he saw this opportunity, but he had known since he was six, realized his freshman year of high school, but spent years trying to pray the gay away. Now, an important piece of backstory that fans of the show will know, Cassie Randolph, who he selected as his woman from The Bachelor, they were together for a while and then last September, she had to get a restraining order against him saying he stalked and harassed her. He sent her unsettling text messages, repeatedly called her, put a tracking device on her car. It was alleged he showed up at her family home at 2 a.m. Then he texted her from an anonymous number with harassing texts and said he was also getting those before then admitting that he sent them himself. So that's the bachelor part of the story. Then it was revealed the same afternoon from Variety that he is currently now in production on an unscripted reality series, presumably about his coming out journey, and out Olympian Gus Kinworthy is on the show serving as some sort of guy.
0: Sounds this like is a lot of story. Sounds like a bad movie.
1: I mean, yes, it's a lot. I'm
0: seeing... Uh, if we have any of our bachelor people. And you also said that he follows Dan Crenshaw and Candace Owens. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I I was gonna mention that for like, who knows
1: what what all that means. I never try to assume too much out of follows, Uh, but he definitely lives in a Christian conservative world. And I have multiple pieces of thought here, right? I have always said, wherever you are, when you come out, welcome, congratulations. And I mean that, and mean that for him, but it does not discount the way he treated this woman. You know, that
0: behavior doesn't get excused
1: for you're this violation.
0: Right. You know, Kevin Spacey, welcome. Well, I'm not sure with you because you 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 waited. We we could have used you a long time ago before all this shit hit the fan, and then you decided to use coming out as a way to deflect this heinous behavior. Um, yeah, although this, I mean, there's a lot
1: of distance because she dropped that restraining order in November. You know, Kevin, it happened like as
0: those allegations. It was an well, easy... Yes, I, the I absolutely agree. I tell you what else doesn't feel right to me. And I just... it. There, there's something about using... Uh, You're coming out immediately just to capitalize on that fame that I I'm, I'm going to do another reality show. It's like, you know, uh, my my fame is drying up. So therefore I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to come out as non-binary or whatever and it's really hard even though we don't want to judge that we have somebody that we know about that we talked about that did that and the fame was going away and then suddenly uh oh ugh, you know and and you go and you there the, the, there have been such horrible motives before that you start questioning the motives now. Does that make sense? I, and I don't want to come off as that person who's not celebrating with him that he's been able to, you know, deride the cat, the, that faith that was so ingrained in him. Cause we both know what that's like. Um, right. Well, to
1: me, there's definitely, a, it's interesting because Netflix didn't put out the press release. It's uh, unless they're the source for variety and taking advantage of the interview, um, He's had three reality shows, and of course, that's someone people are then inclined to make a show about. But my own, to me, I agree with what you said, because it is capitalizing. And like, as white, you know, a generically attractive gay man is a story we have seen more of. And that doesn't discount the pain of his own journey and certainly the religious narrative we're incredibly familiar with. Uh, but if they're going to do that, I would hope that they know that they need to be accountable For addressing for him the his behavior with Cassie, with this woman. She hasn't said anything, and I watched for it, and I just certainly don't want to speak on her behalf. We'll wait and see what she says about all of the stuff. And it may be very real that he acted out of like his own internal pain, but we don't get to dismiss the impact of the closet, our actions in the closet, because of what we were going through. If anything, it's another sign of how damaging the closet is, right? That there are there are, it impacts people beyond ourselves for the things we do while we're in it. And if they use that aspect, at least maybe there's something
0: redeeming in holding him accountable for that. Does that make sense? Of course so. it makes sense. And we all, you know, we all go to those, you know, I, I was married for nine and a half years and it, I, I regret that betrayal that I really regret that betrayal. I don't regret the marriage because I have these two amazing kids because it co- becomes very, very complicated. And thankfully my ex-wife and I are friends to, the, to today, but, uh, but I know that it was painful for her and it was painful for all of us. And, yeah. and I wish that I had not had that damage to inflict the pain on, on so many people, including myself. Yeah.
1: And also, <clears throat> It's a hard period of your life and maybe it's not the best time to sit in front of cameras and work out, you
0: know, some significant personal issues. Uh, like it feels like to me, I mean, I don't know what it is, but uh, the gay guide, let me show you how to cruise. Let me show, I mean, what is it? Well, that's, that's not the name, like from the show. That's what the
1: article called. Okay. Like, Gus is on the show in some capacity, but like the gay guide is not like a press release, uh, official title from the television show, just so we know. This right. telephone game across the internet gets uh, a lot. Michelle asked, his voice sounded so terrified during the interview, don't you agree? He did, you know, there was clearly some relief, something we are all very familiar in seeing, but also maybe an awareness that this wasn't the end of the discussion of the complicating factors in his particular story.
0: Well, you know what? Ultimately, I wish him all the best. And I do say welcome, and I hope he finds happiness by finding his his honest, authentic self. So that's my that's my good big wish for him. All right, well let's let's go. Shall we move? And to our outside. Wait, I get a wrap up thought too. And to our
1: outside thoughts on it that that the accountability matters most between him and the woman he treated this way. So we also can wait and hear, you know, her speak for herself too.
0: Good point. Good point. And we see what Candace Owens says. No, I'm kidding. Um, All right. Um, Well, someone who is been out and proud and has been such a trailblazer in so many ways is uh, Pete Buttigieg and an AP poll last month found 25 percent of Americans not likely to get vaccinated, and this is a crazy statistic, and y'all know I love statistics, 40% of evangelical Protestants are not going to get vaccinated. So White House Press Secretary Jim, uh, say her name. Saki. I, Saki. Saki. It's like the, the drink, basically, uh-uh. right? Saki. Yeah. Saki said this week that they are working with faith, faith-based organizations, civic leaders, and worked with the 700 Club. There it's uh-huh. happy. Pappy. pappy. Uh, deadliest Catch, uh, and which is, I don't even know what that means, Deadliest Catch. Deadliest Catch, it's a reality show about people working on fishing boats like in Alaska in places. Oh, are they fake It's, like, it's like Duck Dynasty, but like in the ocean and are also working with uh, country music television and NASCAR to increase vaccine uh, confidence. So, I mean, they're just covering Christians and rednecks. Uh, So Secretary uh, Mayor Mayor Buttigieg was discussing evangelical Christians resistance to get the vaccine. And here's what he said. He said, I've heard people I care about say, you know, if I'm faithful, God's going to take care of me. And I guess what I would hope that they might consider is that maybe a vaccine is part of God's plan for how you are going to take care of yourself so simply and so well said. And then Princess Ivanka Trump posted a picture this week of getting the vaccine and said, today I got the shot. I hope that you do too. Thank you, Nurse Torres. And then she was just, oh, you could not find one positive comment on her Twitter feed. I mean, it was, she was fucking destroyed and rightfully so. Why
1: rightfully? No, the it was her MAGA fans. Wait, 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 her fans were destroying that they didn't want to get the vaccine.
0: No, 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 no. But not only, no, that's not all that I read. What I read more than anything was you're a little too late and your husband was working against this from the very beginning and you, you're, you, you were complicit with your dad. So where were you then? And now you're going to step up? That's what I read more of. Oh, well, go to her
1: Instagram because the first, all of the comments are from MAGA fans saying they don't trust the vaccine. I mean, 12,000 likes on a thing that's like, I am not getting that chip implanted in my body. Like y'all created this and now they won't even listen to you when you tell them to do the healthy thing.
0: Well, here's the deal. And let's be honest, everybody. There are many elements to herd immunity and one of them is getting the disease and one of them is people dying. And then herd immunity. and then one of them is get another facet is the people like us who are intelligent enough to think that maybe if there is a God that he gave you the good sense to get vaccinated so that you're not going to be on a fucking ventilator. So we're gonna get to herd immunity one way or the other. So you anti-vaxxers, if you don't want
1: it, fine. I know. well, but the real problem with that is. That it's like I have people in my life who can't get the shot. I know I know. those people to die. I got mine this week. I did my second one. I did not have any symptoms, but my arm hurt so bad. Every time I rolled over on it, I kept waking myself up in the middle of the night.
0: I'm a delicate flower. It's like I just part. had surgery on my shoulder. So I went. No. <laughs> oh, look at that war wound. It makes you look all rugged. Isn't it great? It's, it's getting so good. It is getting so good. You know, back to those
1: people, the pastors and things, I never understood people that said God will take care of it. Like, like, like God didn't teach the give the doctors the gift to invent the vaccines. You know, well, like that isn't using God's
0: gifts as well, well. Let's just go this way. What if your house is on fire? Does God give you the good sense to run out? Maybe <laughs> really? get a fucking bucket of water and throw it on the house? I mean, uh-huh. isn't that part of it, too. Or are you just going to sit there in your recliner and wondering as you're watching Fox News, as the flames come up around you, if Jesus is going to intervene and save your ass? No, you'll be so fucking stupid.
1: Uh, uh-uh, you'd be like No, they think I'll be like Daniel in the lion's den. I'll just be standing in the flames and they won't hurt me. Yeah, well, of course, again, fine. Good. Try it. I'm so tired of trying to convince people not, not to good. work
0: in their own best interest. I'm done. I'm not arguing with them on Twitter. I'm just like, okay, okay. Just also, to, to all of our listeners on the
1: iTunes and the Spotify and Pandora, you didn't get to see Dell's scar, but everybody watching
0: live thinks it looks real good and sexy. So you're Thank you. it. <laughs> It's like it's. I, I'm proud of it. I'm going to have a, a matching one pretty soon too. So uh, yes, it's like a paired set. It's going to start to look like you had angel wings on the front that got ripped out. I'm thinking, y'all help me out here just for a second. I'm thinking, what kind of tattoo can I go over the scar that would be really cool looking? Oh, good. Yeah, y'all submit. Send submissions. You know, and keep in mind, I've got this feather
1: going. Right. um, Maybe you just got to complete it. Get yourself some more. Get a whole... A whole maybe, range maybe of that. some
0: wings,
1: some flapping wings. No, maybe you could get you like you know, like the Vegas showgirls that used to have the fans of feathers in front of their tits. You could just do a whole set.
0: I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm just Jig, gonna go Jig said zippers. <laughs> oh <laughs> I like that idea. A That'd couple of zippers would be fantastic. I wonder if it hurts though to get tattooed in scars. On a scar? Well
1: you know just to find out In other Christian news, a Christian TikToker named Caitlin Page has taken Lil Nas X's Call Me By Your Name and written a Christian parody about God. Now, in the video, she sings it uh, wearing angel wings and a halo. And for our live viewers, I want to show uh, her to y'all. But it's very interesting because usually, you know, you make a a, a parody from like a marginalized group. And the whole point of this song is that this is about people who've been beat up by Christians. But here's Caitlin in her little video. Now, she did say at the beginning, it's not hate against Lil Nas X, but she rewrote the chorus and it goes, call him when you want, call him when you need, call him when you're crying, drop down on your knees. And my thought is, Caitlin, that's not that much of a parody because that still sounds like the same thing Lil Nas X is singing. Get down on your knees. Like she didn't finish making it about God because at the end of that, I just heard blowjob. I know she she should have said, get down on your knees and pray. And pray. But see. I, oh, you know, that that's a trigger for me. People who write parodies and have to add extra syllables to the original lyrical journey. Nope, you didn't do very good. If it doesn't fit the exact same syllables. Try again.
0: Oh, you're tough. I am. Ugh. All right. But over in Texas. I wait, I wait real quick about her. I was I do have to because I try to, you know, I try to look for the positive. I thought her singing voice was not too bad. Oh, um, good. Uh, All right. Well, in Texas, this is serious. It's keeping an eye on all these anti-trans bills. A new bill is being considered in the Texas Senate that would name parents of trans children child abusers if they support their kids as it redefines child abuse to include gender affirming medical intervention. They could face jail time have their kids taken away if the bill passes. And another one targets the liability insurance of doctors who provide gender affirming care. Amber Briggle, the mother of a trans boy testified at the Senate committee and she said this, I'm afraid that by speaking here today that my words will be used against me and my sweet son whom I love more than life itself will be taken from me. When my son was four years old, he asked me if scientists could turn him into a boy. I knew that he wasn't like most girls his age and that something inside him was hurting. Today, my son is the most popular boy in seventh grade. He's loved by our friends, our family, our church and our community. This is possible because he has parents who affirm him and provide him with the support he needs. If this bill becomes law, that senators is child abuse. And I promise I will call every single one of you every time a transgender child dies from suicide to remind you that their lives could have been saved, but you chose not to. It was so powerful, her words. And it
1: got me thinking, you know, in this range of anti-trans bills we're talking about across the country and they're heading for governor's desks the sinister nature of going after the parents and naming them child abusers and going after the doctors who were working in accordance with the best advice from medical organizations and targeting their ability to be doctors and their insurance is so dark and sinister as a way to attack trans people. You know, they can't attack the trans person directly. So the going after their, I mean, that is the darkest version of this I've heard, calling a parent a child abuser for supporting their trans kid, uh, of all of these is one of the worst we've heard. And for her to say, "I'm afraid by being here, if you all pass this, this will then be used against I'm me to,
0: to take my child away from me." But what a but, but it, what a brave thing that she did to, to fight it. And I do feel like that the uh, boy it needs to go to, you know, the courts. But we, we're in trouble with the courts as well. So I'm just uh, I worry about so many of these these bills. I just worry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And trying to stop as many as we can before the courts, because then they are laws while they work through the system. That's right. Um, so Equality Texas is doing good work there. Um, but remember, check where you are. Check the local laws. We have reached the halfway point of our show. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, thank you to Bob Bielenberg and Erica Kopich, who've already made contributions today. If you want to tip us because you find us either informative or entertaining and hopefully both. You can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or in PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Or in lieu of a contribution, if you can't do that, you can go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes to the Dell and Emerson show and write us a review. Y'all got 70 people watching. We still only got three. Y'all. Yeah, yeah it's not much to go and give a fake compliment
0: Just I to right into us at a reunion and say, oh, aren't you sweet and doing cute work? I want a commitment right now. I'm not going to do this next song, this this next song. <laughs> I'm not going to sing. I promise y'all somebody I want you to say, I'm going to write a review after it. Put it in the chat room. I'm going to write a review after your show today. Put it in the chat room or I'm not going to do this next story that has to do with uh with, uh, you know, Packing in pews, packing in pews. Packing in the pews. And also,
1: if you watch the show live, thank you. If you also, please subscribe somewhere, even if you don't listen to it in your car. But that way, if you miss a live episode, you can always download it as a podcast. Uh Oh, no, we got two more. We're at five now. Look at us. Wait, I'm going to read one. The happiest hour you'll spend. I've been watching the Dell and Emerson show for quite a while. And I'm so happy to see they added new platforms to listen to past episodes and new ones. There's never a dull moment. And you can't beat a show that makes you laugh, cry, and learn all within an hour. Now, if that isn't a great review, I don't know what it is. Well, thank you. i worked really hard on that one. No. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I could just write. But I, could, I did give us a rating. But I figured if I wrote one, it'd be a little dishonest.
0: It would be wrong.
1: I have not even... All right, even on back it. into the news. And thank you to those who do. Thank you to Eric, who just contributed. Uh, this next story, I'm actually very, very passionate about. I want to share with you about a new organization and a lawsuit they filed. It's very near and dear to our heart and the show. The Religious Exemption Accountability Project, or REAP, is a new organization advocating for LGBTQ students at taxpayer-funded religious colleges and universities like Baylor, where Dell and I both went. They recently filed a lawsuit on behalf of 33 LGBTQ students at 25 federally funded Christian colleges in 18 states, suing the Department of Education in a class action lawsuit. Paul Southwick, the director of REAP's arguments, is basically that the religious exemption to Title IX is unconstitutional because it violates the due process and equal protection rights in the Establishment Clause. Basically, you can't take federal funds and then be a bigot, even if it is from your religion. That's the big issue. You cannot get government funds and then say, well, our religious religion lets us. But there is that exemption to Title IX. And so that's what they are fighting. And it's incredibly important. Two Baylor students are included among the 33 plaintiffs, Jake and Veronica. Huge applause to them. I made a donation to the REAP this this week. Uh, If you have some funds and want to contribute, you can donate at thereap.org. The work Paul is doing, it's incredibly important. Um, And He also talked about mainstream LGBTQ organizations haven't done a lot fighting for these students because there's a general community response when you talk about queer kids at Christian colleges that's sort of like, what the hell are you doing there? You know, like, why would you go there if you knew what it's like? But we know it's related to the Colton story early, to our own journeys. Lots of kids growing up in Christian households end up at these places because it's the world they come from, the world they know, and they just begin to explore this part of themselves when they're outside on their own beginning to come out. That's why they're there, and they deserve equal treatment while they're there. So once again, huge applause to The Reap. Give a donation if you can, thereap.org.
0: Yes. And... Um... And other church news, it's the packing, it's the packing, the ushers are packing. Um, All time to
1: unpack it.
0: (laughs) Jeff Jansen, who is the co-founder of Global Fire Ministries International and the writer of the book called Are You Ready for This Title?, Trump, the destiny of God's America, gave a sermon this weekend criticizing the church. Now, he's from Tennessee, by the way. He is a self-proclaimed prophet who runs a miracle and healing, anointing and prophetic ministry. He preached. And, you know, I went and watched him and I was hoping it'd be all hell, fire and brimstone. But he was very calm. He was very calm in the way he preached. He said the church, the ecclesia, the government of God has been so neutered and so turned effeminate, almost homosexual. I'm telling you straight up, straight up. It's ridiculous. Where are the men? Where are the men? Where's the maleness? Where is the, you know, I will defend the children. I will protect the family. My mush, my ushers at my church, they all pack. You come to my place and You think about starting something, you're dead. They'll kill you. They'll shoot you because they're going to protect everybody else. You try to pull something, you're dead. I said, listen, guys, if I'm up here preaching and somebody comes up, make sure you get them. Just kill them. Just shoot them dead. Y'all, I did not make this shit up. Uh, Like...
1: To unpack this, the idea that like that his big selling point is my ushers are packing. So if you come in here,
0: what is he imagining people are coming in to do? What are gonna say? I mean, is it gonna be like me coming in and go, that's a flat out lie? What about the you know, Proverbs 23, 2, and put a knife to your throat if you're given the gluttony? What about the shellfish and ecclesia? I mean, would I get killed if I just stood up and started. Like,
1: I know, it seems like the beginning of some terrible D-level auction movie about, like, the pack and ushers or the beginning of a porn. Unpacking the ushers. Pack and ushers. Like, what's that package? Oh, oh. But also, I mean. Ushers your know, pack. pack. That's a better yeah. term. Uh-huh. Ushers pack.
0: Uh-huh. Unpacking the ushers. And then there, yeah. some of the in some of it is ushers who fudge pack. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-huh.
1: That's the kind of packers, my favorite kind. Yeah. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. a long list of hilarious things, euphemisms for homosexual, fudge packers is hysterical to me.
0: Yes, like, I never even found it that insulting. I, I, it's just funny. And it's inaccurate for many, many people because you know, we well, take care I, of that. We take care of that. Yeah. But let's also be real. It's also a practical
1: part of an adult homosexual life because spontaneous moments—it's a risk and a reality. It's. You a just r- got to be prepared. Sometimes you paint the town.
0: I am not willing to go there anymore. I'm done with but that. No, I don't. I don't
1: not be spontaneous. I want you prepared. There's other
0: things you can do. Moments. No. Like, look, if you don't know,
1: um, look, it's happened, everybody. It'll happen. You know, it's the reality about sex.
0: That's. Uh, you know. Corn Holders is another one I really like.
1: I enjoy that as well. Um, also, it always makes me think of Carol Channing and that, you know, when did I eat corn story? My other
0: personal favorite is Butt Pirate. Oh, Butt Pirate's good. I love that. Booty.
1: Well, it, I mean, it just makes sense.
0: Well, I loved it when I, I saw Lisa Lampanelli live one time and I just loved it when she did her demographics and she would she was so foul and so politically wrong. And she goes, where are my cornholers? <laughs> and like, ah! yes. Um, and
1: but when one final thing, the terror of this pastor so calmly talking about the like neutered, effeminate, homosexual church. Like, I don't know. I don't know what sermons you're listening to. There's plenty of firebrand nonsense still happening around, sir. Terrifying.
0: It is, it's just awful. Uh, anyway, um, all right. in
1: other nonsense, this story, I've been following it for a little while and it's been on the back burner because it's from Down Under. Uh, but since Drag Race Down Under premieres May 1st and I'm very excited, this story is relevant. A very strange scandal started breaking in Australia last month as footage of an unnamed senior government staff member jerking off onto a female lawmaker's desk was leaked by a whistleblower. I mean, giant scandal, you know, whistleblower video, just a man masturbating on a woman's desk. The video was sent with additional photos of numerous male government employees engaged in sex acts inside the parliament house. Now, the whistleblower admitted in being a participant and said he leaked them to stop the toxic, powerful, privileged boys club that does what it wants, when it wants, where it wants. He said one man filmed his conquests and shared them sometimes on scruff. And he has pictures or videos of at least six men in sex acts in the parliament house, including four who worked in politics. One man even signed in a male sex worker for a former male MP. So like giant scandal. Like, gay sex scandal in the Parliament House. People had making videos at work. But then the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, called it disgusting and sickening and confirmed that the masturbating man had been fired. Then it was revealed that Nathan Wynne, the former fired employee, his ex-boyfriend, Gavin Cuddy, seen in an oral sex video, is the leaker. New reports are that he leaked the videos after he found out Wynn was engaged to someone else. So Wynn, the fired masturbator, his former boss, liberal MP Warren Inch, still believes his behavior was obviously totally inappropriate, should be fired, but now says his ex-staffer is the victim of revenge porn with Cuddy trying to get even. So Wynn describes Cuddy, his now ex, as a crazy ex-boyfriend who kept sending him X-rated photos even after they broke up, when Wynn met eventually someone new, Cuddy started spreading hate about him. Now Cuddy says none of that is true. So does that make sense? It started this big old scandal that seemed like a whistleblower about people behaving inappropriately and in, oh wait, shoot, I have the photo. Uh, behaving inappropriately, inappropriately. But then it turned out that maybe it's just one man mad that his now ex-boyfriend got engaged to somebody else. I'm worried about, uh, I'm worried about- um, it's coming. It's
0: coming. I like to delay. I said I'm uh, worried about it. About what it's going to look like? Well, you I mean, you just described the photos as someone masturbating on someone. Oh, no. This head. is just
1: photos of the two men. This is Kevin Wynn on the left and his ex-boyfriend, Cuddy, on the right. This, uh, the leaker, whistleblower, possibly revenge porn artist. But like, Lord, that is a giant gay sex scandal for the Australian Parliament House.
0: I don't like them.
1: Also, of course, the conservative straight sort of bigot tried to say this is not representative of all men and it shouldn't portray all men. This is res- basically basically it was like this is representative of the degenerate gay culture. And I was like,
0: well, it's, it, it's not. But it, it's not good when someone like Mr. Cuddy does this shit. It does not make us look good. Say there was lots of not
1: well thought out behavior in this in the first place. You work at Parliament. Do not have somebody come in and blow them in a
0: closet or. There
1: you go. You no, know, you know, rent a room. I'm sure there was somewhere write that else.
0: Letter Emerson, write uh, that letter, dear, so and so.
1: As Johnny Hartman just said, "Down under" will take on a new meaning. You yes, know, it I, will. The number, of course, now in Australia, when they talk about us, do they say "up and over"?
0: I don't know. I never heard that.
1: To them, it's down under. You know, they're not down under to them. They're just down under to our very American-centric view of the world.
0: I do love Australian men. Um, All right. Well, big, big news. Um, Eight episodes straight to series reboot of Queer as Folk has officially been announced by uh, the Coming to the Peacock. The new version of the show will explore a diverse group of friends in New Orleans who lives are transformed in the aftermath of a tragedy. Uh, Stephen Don, who is uh, leading the reboot said, "'It is a surreal honor to adapt "'the notorious groundbreaking series "'by Russell, Russell T. Davis.'" Now, remember that. "'The groundbreaking series by Russell T. Davis, "'when the show originally aired, "'the idea of unapologetic queer stories on TV "'was so provocative that, that I felt "'I could only watch Queers Folk in secret.'" But so much has changed in the last 20 years. And how wonderful would it be if the next generation didn't have to watch queer Folk alone in their dank basements with the sound muted, but with their family and friends with the volume cranked all the way up to the max. Many people have written me this week about this. Are you involved? And I'm not involved. None of us are involved in the American version. They are ignoring that completely and going to the source material, which is the British version.
1: Yeah, because Russell is involved in this, at least as an EP yeah. um, on the. But, and Stephen did great where he had an episode of Little America. And I like him acknowledging and honoring how so many, because I literally watched that original show on a VHS tape at, a, at someone we know in yeah. Commons House. Hiding at Baylor, watching those episodes. The British and, and, one? No, the American. Yeah. That's the way the way that the way that Stephen probably would have too, and and taking it and telling like new under that same umbrella. You know, it, since it's not a continuation or using the original American cast that, of course, we all know and love. Uh, using that title to talk about news stories should be very exciting.
0: And, and you know, and I wanna say something in defense of what they're doing because a lot of people are lashing out and going, uh, you know, uh, first of all, we had a wonderful run with Queer's Folk and I am so grateful for that opportunity. And I only want this to be so successful. And if you really look at the logistics of them doing uh, uh, rebooting the American version, this is a cleaner way to do it because Warner brothers was involved. Showtime was involved. There were lots of producers uh, that create the American creators, my good friends, Dan and Ron, who I talked to this week and we're not, nobody's better here. We're just like, we're going to celebrate that there is going to be another queer as folk. And this reboot is going to be fantastic. I think, and I will be watching every single episode.
1: And I would think and hope, you know, that, one, you know, think about how exciting and how expansive the term queer and what it means and who it covers now is even broader, that they can tell new and exciting stories. And keeping that name that we all know and love will also help new young po- new young people find both versions of that original series. You know, it, it, to, it's an right. exciting movement um, to see that I'm excited to see the name honored as well.
0: It's still my number one residual. Um, yes. So there you go.
1: I say yes, thank you for those checks. So grateful. Um, and another celebration news. Uh, because you know, we talk about how bi visibility, even though bi people are such a huge part of our community, visibility is less often. Actor Ronan Rubinstein, seen here, plays Roblo's gay son on Fox's 911 Lone Star and just came out as bisexual in varieties from Staten Island and said, the biggest thing for me is where I come from. It's like people like me and people who have identified as bisexual or gay or as any part of the community, you're just not welcomed. So there was a, definitely a fear of sort of embracing how I felt. I was more aware of it in high school. I was aware of my feelings and how I started looking at men, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it. So he plays a gay character on the show and his character has a boyfriend on the show played by out gay actor, Rafael Silva. and real life, Ruben has a girlfriend. He says she questioned him about whether he was holding something back from her in relation to his sexuality. Uh, He talks about the conversation that they had, saying she's like, is there something we need to talk about? And I said, maybe. I didn't know that conversation would go, and it went probably as good as it can go. She definitely encouraged me to be vocal about it, to just live my truth. She's like, I love you for who you are, your full self, and people will love you for who you are and your full self. I thought it was very interesting for him to share that while in a perceived heterosexual relationship, that that visibility, you have to say it. You know, whereas those of us in same sex couples, people can assume it visually.
0: And I think that it's getting uh, much better for bisexuals. I think that there was a lot. And I I have to say that I was complicit. And one of those people who used to question every, especially male that claimed to be bisexual. I don't do that anymore. I celebrate their be as much as we get to celebrate our g.
1: Yeah, and it is, you know, but I've seen bisexual women talk about this too. Bisexual people in opposite sex couples do have the problem of people perceiving them as heterosexual and therefore assuming they aren't a member of our community at prides, at events, at various things and talking about they have to actually say it every time. Yes. you know, in order to be seen in our community. And just something for us to think about in the assumptions we make in seeing a couple in our community spaces. Because uh, like if he and his girlfriend showed up, some them might think, what are the, you know, uh, that we examine our own biases uh, and our assumptions as we look at people.
0: Yeah, and as I, you say, oh, now he's straight. No, don't say that, say he's yeah. bi. He's bi. And if
1: they get married, it doesn't make you less bisexual for being in an opposite sex relationship for your entire life. We don't want to invalidate anybody's experience and existence by our perceptions. That's some bullshit.
0: You know, when our our friend uh, Emerson, uh, uh, Margaret Cho, I got to see her live at at Largo right before the pandemic hit. And I just loved, she said, I'm the B in LGBTQ. You know, the forgotten letter. Yeah, well, it's like you. sort of
1: gets erased either way. In an opposite-sex couple, they think you're straight. In a same-sex couple, they assume that you're gay. Um, and be, just being aware of how we do, how we don't look past our
0: by folks in our community. Absolutely. And I know y'all been wanting this story, this three penis baby story. It's an Iraqi baby. It was recently was the first ever documented case of a child born with three penises, known as a trophallia. Uh, the two additional, one was attached to the shaft of the penis and one to the bottom of the scrotum. They were surgically, thankfully, removed because they were not functional They looked into exposure to drugs while pregnant or family history, but the cause remains a mystery. Uh, penises, uh, occur in between one and five to 6 million births around the world. Uh, 100 cases of duphalia, which is two penises. Y'all I had to go into that thing where you go, how to pronounce this word. I hope I get them right. Uh, Two penises, uh, but listen to that, 100 cases have been recorded worldwide. And in most of these cases, I found this very interesting. Uh, all They're all the same size. They sit side by side. And in some men, one's a little smaller and sits above the larger. But according to the reports, a man with two penises can urinate or ejaculate from one or both, which I think would be so competitive and confusing all at once. It's like um, you, you don't want to ignore uh, but just one come first and the other one. I have so many questions. Well, you is know, I think two penises out there. Anybody,
1: you know, by the way, if y'all are curious, you can go on Reddit. There is a man uh, with two penises who answered a whole lot of questions on this subject.
0: Did they like, get you pictures? What were there pictures?
1: I don't remember.
0: I'm going to Google images right after we're I'm done. sure
1: if you just googled right now, there is some because if there's a hundred cases documented worldwide, but it just seems stressful to me. I it has been a lifetime of effort just worrying about my one. I and if know. there are two sitting side by side, I mean, is it a race? Do you race between the two? You know, like do you try to see which one's going to finish first? They did say because I was very curious of the research that they removed the two on this baby because neither was functional. They leave them alone if they functional and they're both, uh, and both fine. Um, but can you imagine also growing up and being like a teenager or learning at some point that you used to have three penises?
0: Do you brag about it or keep it a secret?
1: I think it's one of those things you say for when people say, tell us your name, where you're from, and an interesting fact about you as an icebreaker. Always lead with, and I had three penises as a baby.
0: You know, I think that also that that's one of those things where, cause I, I have a friend and we like to create just lies. We like to lie to each other every now and then um, and see um, if we can get away with it. We always confess that it's a lie, but I was like, you know, I was born with two penises. Same, same one of them was surgically removed. It was set right below the other one, right between my scrotum and my big penis, my little penis, they cut it off.
1: I mean, I guess if you've got two, you know, the advantage is you can double penetrate without a friend.
0: But I like it. I like that. that, Yeah. An icebreaker. I like that, Emerson. Can you imagine?
1: You're just, you know, what are you at? You're like like a PTA meeting. You're on the new bake sale committee and they say, everyone go around and tell us something interesting about you. And Susan says, hi, my name's Susan, my husband, Ralph and our lovely little Johnny. And something interesting about us is that we went to the Four Corners uh, this summer and put a hand in the four different states at the same time. And he says, that's so interesting, Susan. My name is Bob and uh, my wife, Alice, and our young daughter, Kathleen, is in the first grade. And I was born with three penises.
0: And then there's I think there's a, a, an unusual amount of silence at this. There point. is.
1: But you are the one sitting at that PTA meeting with your hand up instantly and go follow I up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excuse me, because we go back to Bob for a moment. I would love that you place this scenario at a PTA meeting.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to go with like AA, like what are places that are interesting? Well, i talking
0: about Sunday night prayer service, wherever there's some new people. We got some new people with us. Brother Emerson Collins is here uh, from Waco, Texas. Listen, we always start our little uh, Sunday night service with just talking about ourselves, something that you wouldn't tell everybody. Uh-huh, um, and, but and also, then think about all the meetings,
1: meetings after that. Once you've said it, and then there's, what's her name? Nellie Ray, who runs the meetings. And she says, now I know that you're new. We all know each other very well. For example, that's Susan. They went in on a dri- driving vacation to the Grand Canyon this summer. This is Bob born with three penises. This is like she's <laughs> gonna be telling the story for you. She said, now you're interesting. Icebreaker is now my story. It's like how when you tell that story about Sarah Hunley telling me it doesn't get better.
0: Yes, story. it doesn't get, we've lied to those people. We've lied matter. to those people.
1: <laughs> all right, and then one silly final thing about a band that I saw this week that I just thought was kind of fun. Uh, Joe and the Shit Boys is a <laughs> punk band from the Faroe Islands, a very conservative territory in Denmark. relate This ties all the way back to Debbie Holiday. The band bills itself as a bisexual vegan group known for producing very short songs under two minutes, even shorter sometimes, and for putting on very wild live shows designed to trigger both homophobes and meat eaters. They released their uh, debut album last year, The Reason for Hardcore Vibes. The lead single was a 40-second track called If You Believe in Eating Meat, Start With Your Dog." Other songs include Ram Me, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the two-second track, Fuck. Their Instagram is where I got amused. This photo, their Instagram is highly entertaining. They have this mask photo and across the four masks of the band members, it says, eat ass, not animals. And I gotta tell you, that is the best sales pitch for being a vegan I have ever heard.
0: Yeah, that would be an incentive for some people, though. <laughs> it is
1: for me. I mean, it's my—it's just about my favorite thing in the whole world to do. And I got to be honest, I could probably eat your eggplant noodle dish if I thought I'm going to get some ass later.
0: Good for Blake.
1: <laughs> wait, Blake said something earlier. He's out for a walk because he said, I just can't listen to the two of you yell at your computers today. And we were talking about that three penis baby story. I told him he was going to miss that. And he said, it's not odd. It's God. <laughs> I know he didn't invent that quote, but I said, Blake, I have to say that on the show and attribute it to you.
0: That is a, that is a t-shirt waiting to happen. Well, it's I true. think that, that's it for us y'all on this Friday. Uh, are we out of time Emerson?
1: We are, got about
0: a minute left. That, so look what are you doing forward. this weekend? You do anything fun?
1: I'm very excited to watch the Drag Race reunion tonight. And on Sunday, you know, we got our shots on Wednesday. We're going to wait the full two weeks to, to see some more people. But on Sunday, we're going to try to go to a beach and get a little spot. A final reminder, do tip if you can and have extra money on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal, Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com and write us a review somewhere. Subscribe somewhere because, y'all, now there's a website that tells me how many listeners we have. Not live, and that number is not
0: very high yet. All right, right, will get there. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, well, tonight, because I told Beverly D'Angelo that I was not allowed to watch Valley of the Dolls as a kid, but I would sneak up and watch it and at least saw it six times growing up, and I thought it was the best movie ever made. We are, ha- we are ordering Thai food and watching The Valley of the Dolls. And then tomorrow, I'm celebrating the amazing Rosemary Alexander's 80th birthday that was yesterday. Dr. Eve turned 80. And uh, we're going to have some chin-chin, and that's going to be fun. And then Sunday night, I'm going to watch our good friend Leslie Jordan on the American Country Music Awards present.
1: Yes, I didn't realize
0: that. How about yeah, put it on the
1: TVR.
0: So that's it. That's my that's – my, and, I'm, of course, I'm teaching great actors over the weekend. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad to see you
1: are clearly back to yourself. We are glad. Everybody take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other. Remember that you know it's still a lot for everybody. Be gentle in yourselves and treat yourselves nice.
0: Y'all have a great weekend. Love you guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.